Uh, this morning, we're going to um, stop our series. We've been doing a series on the book of John for uh, quite a while, and we're going to interrupt that again this morning as we are looking at Thanksgiving. I believe that um, as the holidays approach, I really feel as a pastor, I believe as a pastor, that it's it's good for us to kind of stop and make sure we're taking a look at the holidays. Thanksgiving is a very uniquely American holiday. I don't know if most of you know that, but it's not a, uh, a holiday that's based on anybody's birthday. It's not some, uh, it's not even a biblical holiday. We don't find uh, something set aside in the Bible. We are told several places in scripture, many, many places, as a matter of fact, to give thanks, but um, for the most part, I believe the United States, Mexico, the Philippines, there are probably a half a dozen countries that celebrate um, Thanksgiving, but most countries don't. Can you imagine what the world would be like if more of us spent time thanking God, even as a nation, if we spent time thanking God instead of trying to get away from from God? I read a story the other day. It was a day before Thanksgiving, and an elderly man in Phoenix called his son in New York. Johnny, he said, I hate to ruin your day, and I hate to ruin your Thanksgiving, but your mother and I have decided that we've had it. 45 years of misery is enough. We're getting a divorce. Johnny's like, Dad, Dad, Dad. He's like, no, oh, I'm done. Don't even bother talking to me. As a matter of fact, call your sister. You call your sister and, and tell her, just let her know. So he hung up, basically got off the phone, and Johnny decided to give his sister a call right away. He panicked, and well, she but lost her mind. She exploded. They, they can't get a divorce. They can't do that. 45 years, they, they can't do that. I'm gonna, I'll take care of this, she said. So she calls her dad right away, and she says, you're not, you're not getting a divorce. There's no way you're not getting a divorce. He's like, I'm done. I'm done. We're done talking about this. We're getting a divorce. I'm going to call Johnny, she said. Don't you do anything. I'm coming there tomorrow. Don't you do anything until I get there. Don't you don't do anything until I get there. And so the dad hangs up, and the, the girl calls Johnny, and she says, we're, we're going to go. I'm, I'm, we're going. And the mom looks at the, at the dad, and she says, well, what was that all about? He said, well, he said, uh, kids will be here for Thanksgiving. <laughs> They're buying their own tickets. Probably be here by lunchtime, so you better get that turkey in the oven. No drummer? No ba-doom-doom. Thanksgiving is about spending time together. It's about having a, a fellowship together. It's about uh, enjoying family memories. Maybe you got to get a little creative to get the kids home, uh, but it, that's what that time is about. It's about thanking God, really, for his provision. It's about, it, it, it's right for us. It's right for us to be thankful at all times. In the midst of struggles, in the midst of difficulties, it's right for us to have a grateful and a, a thankful heart. We go through the, the years, you know, I, I just heard, seriously, I just heard the other day that there are like five or six less shopping days this year because Thanksgiving is later in November and so, so this commentator was saying that you're going to find tons of early Black Friday sales, and, and we got it, right? I mean, everybody's got a pre-Black Friday sale. Think about this for a second. You know, they're not giving us a Black Friday sale because, because they're so excited about the birth of Jesus and the whole concept of giving gifts that they just want to give you a great deal. Right? That's not why the Black Friday sales. And we call it Black Friday. Like, how good can it really be? You know, people are nuts. Maybe you like Black Friday, so God bless you. But people are nuts. They, they line up at 2 o'clock in the morning, and then they, they rush the halls. I actually saw a, an interview a few years ago. A guy went to Walmart. It wasn't here in town. It might have been down in the cities. He went to Walmart because all these TVs were on sale. They're six, seven, $800 TVs. He takes a cart. He runs back. He gets all of these TVs, and he sticks a whole bunch of them on his cart. He's got all of them. They're $600 TVs. They're selling them for $200. He's got all of them. And then when people are walking by him, they're going, oh, man, I, I wanted to get one of those. He didn't buy them. He just stood in the aisle at Walmart. 
and he sold people for 100 bucks. I'll let you take one of these $500 TVs. And they still had to go up and pay $200. But they got their $500 TV for 300 bucks, and they're happy about it. And this guy's like, yeah, bring it on, man. I'll keep doing this all day. Walmart threw him out. I mean, they kicked him out. People are nuts. We go crazy. We run right over Thanksgiving. This has happened at our Thanksgiving gatherings in the last couple of years. People are like, well, you know, they're going to start the pre-Thanksgiving thing at 6 o'clock. You know, Black Friday's going to start at 6 o'clock. So as soon as we get done with supper, with lunch, you know, we're going we're gonna to play a couple games, but we got to go. Like, y'all are crazy. We've commercialized Christmas so much that here we have a, a holiday just about gratitude, just about being grateful, and we blow right by it. If you like Black Friday and want to get up at 2 o'clock in the morning, I guess that's up to you. Perk an extra pot, do what you got to do, set the alarm early. But don't take away from the family time. Don't take away from the time of just being grateful for the things that we, we have. It's, again, it's not a religious holiday, but we have been so blessed in this nation. You know, people compile lists all the time. You, you, get, you get a list of things you got to do for the week. You get a list of things you got to do on your job. You got to go to Menards. You got a list you want to make sure you get that all right. You got, you got uh, uh, Christmas coming up, so we, we get Christmas lists together. I watched a video this week. We're going to show the video. I watched a video of people who kind of put a list together about things to be thankful for. You got that video, Hallie? Today I lift my eyes to the heavens and count my blessings. I think of all my needs that were met today. The clothes on my back. A place to lie down tonight. Nothing miraculous or earth-shattering. Just a small thing to help keep me going day after day. Thank you, God. I have food on my table, help to get me through the day. Good memories I've shared. All the beauty that makes life special. Thank you, God. I'm blessed by what I can see and touch. What I can feel in the moment. But Lord, you transcend feelings and moments. You sacrificed your life so that I could see beyond what's under my feet and over my head. <sighs> Thank you, God. That kind of love keeps my heart free. During seasons where peace is hard to come by, even when I can't see or touch a blessing, I know I can close my eyes and say, thank you, God. I've, I've lost a lot this year. Things I worked hard for. Dreams I was sure were going to come true. People I never wanted to say goodbye to. I walked a hard path of trial. And pain and despair. But I never walked it alone. Even now, I can say thank you, God. Because no matter what is set before me. Dark valleys or green pastures. Goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. And when this life is over, I'll dwell with you in your house forever. So I just want to stop and tell you. Thank you, God. 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 I sat at a breakfast table yesterday morning with a man who has no hair because he just finished some pretty serious round of chemo. And I said, what have you, what have you learned from it all? He said, well, pastor, he said, uh, one day I, I had a doctor's appointment and I went out and I filled the bird feeder. He said, from my, my living room window, I can see this bird feeder. So I filled the bird feeder. And he said, when I filled that bird feeder, I didn't have cancer. I didn't know I had cancer. He said, I, I filled the bird feeder and then I went to town. And he said, I remember not so much walking down the stairs to the doctor's office, but he said, spending about 20 minutes with the doctor and the doctor saying, you have cancer. And he said, well, doc, how bad is it? 
and said, it's bad. He said, we start out in stages and you're here and it's stage four. And the doctor said, there are more aggressive cancers, but yours is really bad. He said, it wasn't, when I walked up the stairs to leave his office, he said, I felt at first like I was kicked in the chest. And I got home. And he said, I looked at that bird feeder and he said there was about an inch of bird seed gone. And he said, I thought to myself, an inch of bird seed ago, I didn't have cancer. And now I got a death sentence. I said, what have you learned from having cancer? He said, it's been just a year. He said, it'll be a year in a couple of weeks. I said, well, what have you learned? He said, I can't put it in a sentence. It's changed my life. Every day when I'm When I look at my kids or my grandkids, I I see life different. He said, I've talked with lots of people over the years, prayed with lots of people who've had cancer, and he said, I've always thought to myself, how can they do it? How can they handle it? And he said, I find myself now saying, it's not on their own that they can handle it. But he said, I've just had to be so dependent on God, and he said, I've become so grateful for every day, every day, every day. How did I go through all my life, all these years, without being grateful? I, um, it wasn't part of our conversation, but I imagine that at least a part of him is actually grateful for that death sentence because it's caused him to relook at life. Psalm 100, the children of Israel, the Jewish nation, were just getting ready to go into the promised land. They had sojourned for 40 years in the desert. God had promised them a place flowing with milk and honey. Life is going to be great. Life is going to be wonderful. And before you go in, God says, I want to warn you in one of the previous Psalms, and we find this uh, in the Old Testament, that he, he says, I want to warn you before you go in and before life gets too good and you can, you can sit down and, and put your feet up and just kick back and enjoy yourself. I want to remind you not to forget about me. Don't forget about me. We read through the Old Testament 17 different times when God delivered the children of Israel and they fall back into some kind of sin or they fall back into some kind of bondage and then they'll go for 40 years or 70 years or 400 years in bondage and then somebody finds the old scrolls and they read through the scrolls and realize that God wants to set them free. Well, Psalm 100 says, Shout for joy to the Lord all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before him with joyful songs. Know that the Lord is God. It is he who has made us, and we are his people, the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name, for the Lord is good and his love endures forever. His faithfulness continues continues through all generations. I'm convinced if we would begin to make lists, and that said it this morning, if we, if we start to think about the things that you've blessed us with, God, not just money things. I'm not talking about money things. I'm not talking about cars. I'm not talking about bank accounts. Because how many of you know that can be wiped away in an instant? In an instant. We live in a world where people are looking to steal your identity and they can take all of your, the money. They can open credit cards in your name. They can take all of that. You can walk down the stairs thinking that you're fine and that you're healthy and walk up the stairs with a diagnosis of cancer. All that stuff can be taken away in an instant. We don't get to put security in any of that. But if we consider what God has done for us, it's, it's not a passage that I, I have in the screen, but just listen to this for a minute. 
The, the most famous Bible verse of all times is John chapter 3 and verse 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. And we, we read that and that's, a, that's a, an amazing and a powerful verse but we forget the next couple of verses. John chapter 3 and verse 17. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world but to save the world through him. Whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe stands condemned already because he has not believed. God sent Jesus to come and set us free regardless of the circumstances around us. Good, bad, ugly. The other night, okay, this is not a life or death thing. This isn't even a serious thing. But it it is an experience that happened to me the other night that just kind of made me grateful. Uh, I have wrenched on cars and worked on vehicles and done those things all my life. And one time I was a young man, I was a teenager, I was working on a Subaru. If you like Subarus, I'm sorry. Not that you like Subarus, but mine had a problem. And I had to pull the gas tank out on it. And so little did I know as I went to pull the gas tank out, there was 32 bolts holding that gas tank in. 32. Like, where is it going? You know, the car doesn't do 1,400 miles an hour. It's 32 bolts holding the gas tank in. So I'm going along, and I'm getting all these bolts out, and I finally get to the point where I strip off a nut, and I can't get this thing off. And the next thing you know, I slip, and I'm angry to begin with. I've already got a hammer and chisel sitting there, so the possibilities are not really good. And I slip, and I bust my hands, and I got blood on my knuckles, and and I got grab the hammer. Okay. I've, I've grown. I'll just tell you, I've grown. But if this was the back fender of the car, I had the hammer, and for every bolt, I took another swing. 32! Who's going to put 32? And the whole back of the car was... Trashed, okay? I did it. I'm not proud of it. Well, maybe. I don't know. It was a Subaru. Anyhow... It's okay, Karen. I like soup, Terry. Don't leave. We're good. So the other night I'm working on a house and I, uh, I'm making a vanity. And so, so I drilled a hole in this dresser top. I drilled a hole so the vanity, so the bowl can sit on there. And boy, it fits great. Looks good. This is going to be right. So I get the, the sink all ready and prepared. And I got one more hole I have to drill. So I take the vanity out very carefully. Because porcelain, set it upside down on the vanity. Why wouldn't you set it on the floor? You know, why wouldn't you just get it out of the room? No, I left it on the vanity. And I drilled the other hole. <laughs> Table shaking. And all of a sudden I hear, tink, 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 crick, 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 crick. And, I, and I, as I'm looking, I see the vanity, with the sink falling off of the vanity. And it hooks on the ledge and it spins and it breaks the tank on the toilet sides. Now a few years ago, since I had that drill and that hammer right there, I probably wouldn't even have had a bathtub left. But instead I'm watching this thing and I'm going, no, 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 no! I'm sure the neighbors are thinking like, what's going on over there? No! And it crashes and everything breaks and I, I just, I stepped back and I thought, well that's going to cost me about 200 bucks. And I went on, and I drilled the hole, and I thought, that's God changing a person's life. I, 20 years ago, that wouldn't have been me. That's God, I had to, I, you know, it's crazy, but I watched that thing break, and I'm thinking, that, that's kind of, I got something to be thankful about. That's kind of funny, because I knew that I'd grown personally, right? We can be thankful for a broken toilet. I don't know. You know they don't even carry those things? I gotta order one special. Okay, anyhow, sorry about that. I'm gonna sidetrack. This might sound a little familiar to I used part of this last year, but I just thought as I was praying about this, there's some analogies here, some things. You know, we live in a country that is it appears as though they're trying to strip God out of everything, and I'm telling you this morning that you should thank God for everything. I shared with you a video clip a few weeks ago, maybe a month ago, of Ron Reagan Jr. 
saying, we need to take God out of government. We need God out of everything. And he ended his, his uh, little commercial with a, a wink and a nod basically at the camera and said, I'm Ron Reagan Jr., I'm a lifelong atheist, and I'm not afraid of burning in hell. And I thought, what a sad state of affairs. We want to take God out of, he wants, he's advocating taking God out of politics. And I would say to you, look what it's done when we took God out of the schools. It's not a good thing. And yet we want to take God out of everything. I believe Ron Reagan Jr. probably needs a bit of a history lesson. But you think about this. When the pilgrims came to America, there was probably no one, no single group of people more underprivileged than they were. They had no permanent homes. They had no government agency to help them build a home. They had nobody looking for a homeless shelter for them. The only transportation they had was their feet and maybe a horse. The only food that they had came from the sea or from the forest, and they had to get it themselves. Nobody got that for them. They had no money, and even if they had had money, they didn't have any place to spend it. No amusement parks, no amusement anything, no TV The only amusement they had was what they made for themselves. They had no means of communication. They just left their families in England. They had no social security, no social media. They had nothing and they had no idea of the winter that was upon them. Maybe it's just me. But I think if you had dared to call them underprivileged, they might have just popped you in the nose. They left everything they had for freedom to worship God. They left a government that imposed a religion on them. Again, it it almost sounds strange for us. You'd, You'd think that we would tend towards that. I want to read some pieces out of the Declaration of Independence just because I think this is important for us. Our Declaration of Independence proclaims, we hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal and they are endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights. That's how it begins and it ends with these words. With a firm reliance on the protection of divine providence, we mutually pledge to each other our lives, our fortunes, and our sacred honor. Our Declaration of Independence declares an independence from England, not an independence from Almighty God. As a matter of fact, more and more the, the founding fathers declared their dependence on God. As I said, it's, it's almost exclusively a... a um, an American holiday, but listen, in 1789, President George Washington made this as a public proclamation. This is almost hard to believe if you consider our current political climate. By the President of the United States of America, a proclamation, whereas it is the duty of all nations to acknowledge the providence of Almighty God, to obey His will, and to be grateful for His benefits, and humbly implore his protection and his favor. So he's acknowledging already, already, because God has done these things, because he's given us his provision and his protection, we should be grateful for those benefits. He goes on and he says, and whereas both houses of Congress have by their joint committee requested me, Congress requested of the President to recommend to the people of the United States a day of public thanksgiving and prayer to be observed by acknowledging with grateful hearts the many signal favors of Almighty God. I now, now, therefore, I do recommend and assign Thursday the 26th day of November next to be devoted by the people of these states to the service 
of that great and glorious being who is the beneficent author of all that is good, all that was, all that is, and all that will be. This was the first presidential Thanksgiving proclamation. Both houses of Congress, he said, these people are so grateful, God, for the way that you have provided for us. Does that sound like our Congress today? That both houses have come together and they said, President, we want you to declare a national holiday, a day of prayer and thanksgiving. We want you to present to the people of these United States that they would set aside a day for prayer and thanksgiving. That's what our country is founded on. That's what our country is founded on. It's not on somebody trying to run the world themselves. We need... We need God. I believe that psalm is written for, for us today as it was written for the children of Israel before. As a matter of fact, the message of that psalm is very deep. And, it, and it, if we take the very first line of that psalm, the first verse says, it addresses all the earth. Uh, go back to it. I'm going to read it really quickly. If I can find it in my notes. Page four, page three. Here we go. Shout for joy, all the earth. Who's supposed to shout for joy? All the earth. And if you go back and you look at that in the original uh, Greek or the original Hebrew context, do you know what it means? All the earth. I mean, all the earth. We're supposed to shout for joy. One and a half people got it. The Vikings just scored a touchdown in the last three seconds of the game and we beat Green Bay in overtime. Yay! I do that. Shout for joy all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. What are you doing? I'm going to church. How come it's Sunday? I'll go sing three songs, leave them five bucks, and it won't bother me anymore. You come to church and you go, well, I don't never seen anybody raise their hands. I mean, is there a stick up? Well, either that or, yeah! It's a sign of surrender. We get to, we get to, and we're told to, worship the Lord with a glad heart. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before him with joyful songs. Bless the Lord, oh my soul. Bless the Lord, oh my soul. May everything within me bless his holy name. <laughs> right? Is that what the Bible says? Go ahead and suck on a pickle and go to church and then sing a song. Bless the Lord, oh my soul. With a glad heart. We need to rejoice with a glad heart. We can do, we can do that. We can do that. We can do that here. We can do that. Come before him with joyful song. You don't even got to know all the words. You want to have a joyful song, come stand over here because we all don't know the words. If these screens went blank, we'd just be going watermelon, 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 Jesus. You can do that. You can just have a joyful heart. We can sing. I'm not the best, but we can do that. Come before him with a joyful Know that the Lord is God. Man, Pastor, how am I supposed to know that the Lord is God? You can start reading in the book of John. John's going to tell you that in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God, and the Word was with God. Right? John tells us that the Word of God became flesh and dwelt among us. John tells us that Jesus took his divinity, his glory, all of his prestige, all that he had. He took that that robe that he had of of glory. We talked about this a couple of weeks, how he's asking, as he comes to the end of his life, to return to that previous place. But he took that and he laid it down. He laid down all of his glory to come and be with you and me. With his creation who failed him. We failed him. Each one of us has sinned. We've blown it. 
And yet Jesus came and he laid down his life so that he could be with us. Know that the Lord is God. Know that the Lord is God. We find that in his word. It is he who made us. And we are his people. His people. (laughs) Whose people are you? We're his people. Are you people from America? Well, kind of. Somebody just told me the other day they got their citizenship in America. I said, well, that's really cool. So now you're a citizen of Canada, you're a citizen of America, and you've been a citizen of the kingdom for a long time because we're his people. It doesn't make any difference if you're here, if you're in Mexico, if you're in Haiti. You can be a citizen of the kingdom of God. We are his people. That should... Oh, that should be so depressing. Right? Right? It's like, oh... Were you, well, you know, I started going to church and I believe in Jesus and I believe in Jesus and so someday I'm going to have eternity. But right now, I can't believe how long you left the lights on. Did you see the electric bill this month? Have you seen the phone bill this month? The groceries, oh my Lord, what are we doing? Feeding the neighborhood? We get so bogged down with all kinds of stuff. Did you hear what she said? Did you hear what he said? We go down that road and we forget that the very creator of the universe forgave us, gave us life, brought us out of that old lifestyle that we had and said, go ahead and I want you to do just what I did for you. I want you to do that for somebody else. I want you to forgive just as I have forgiven you. I don't know, I've worked with Chris. He really doesn't deserve it. And let's not talk about Jeffrey. (laughs) Please, because I'm afraid if you talk about Jeffrey, then you're going to have to talk about Tim. And guess what? I can have title of pastor, and I don't deserve it either. The Bible says within me there is no good thing. No good thing. No good thing. We have every reason in the world to be joyful he has made us. We are, the, we are his people, the sheep of his pasture. Now that kind of sounds, most of us wouldn't really be proud to say that we're a sheep. What's a singular version of a sheep? Sheep, right? You're either a, yeah. Multiple sheep are still sheep, singular sheep. We're sheep. We're not very bright. I just saw a deal the other day, this donkey is going down the field and there's a whole bunch of sheep following him. And all of a sudden, for whatever reason, one turned, and the donkey kept on going. All the other sheep started going. They're just followers. Just followers. So being a sheep, probably not the best thing, unless he's your shepherd. Unless he's your shepherd. If he's your shepherd, the Bible says he's going to lead you beside still waters. He's going to care for us. He's going to make it so peaceful that you can lay down, even in the midst of, as somebody saying, you've got cancer and you're going to die in six months. You can lay down at night and go, you know what, God? If that's the road that you're taking me down, I'm good with it. What can I learn? How can I move forward? How can I advance the kingdom? Because here's the truth. Every one of us is going to die. In case you haven't figured that out, it might not be cancer. You might get to be 147 and just give up. I'm not going that long, just so we say. I don't want to go that long. Every one of us is going to die. That's the reality. And so what are we going to do with our life, the ups and downs, as we go along? Golly, we might as well just worship the Lord. We're going to have more unspeakable joy. joy. See that? We can walk in that, folks. That's what I'm saying. Enter his gates with thanksgiving. Back in the Old Testament, uh, and even in the beginning of the the New Testament, they would have had, well, in the Old Testament, temples. The Old Testament, they set up a tent, and there's a whole bunch of things that were in there. There are certain ways to do offerings. There was a holy of holies where God's presence was. 
in the Holy of Holies. That's where the Ark of the Covenant was. That's where the Ten Commandments would have been. That's where the, the, the staff of Moses would have been. Was in that. And, and there was the outer courts. We kind of talked about that not all that long ago. We talked about these courtyards, literally like several square blocks, this, this area. And people would come. And when they came into the courtyard, they knew they were entering the, the, the presence of God. Well, things have changed since those days because God was kept in a, kind of contained in a box, if you will. He was, he was, his presence was observed in the Ark of the Covenant and there were all kinds of rules about that. But now, Jesus came from heaven. He walked as, as God. He came and he, he laid down his deity, fully man, and he walked among us and he died. And when he was risen back to life, when he came back to life, he transferred that to us where we believe. So that Holy of Holies is no longer this, this, this building someplace. No, you're not. No, you're not. You are the temple. No, you're not. No, you're not. You are the temple. No, you're not. No, you're not. You are the temple. You are the temple of the Holy Ghost. That's us. That's us. Did you know that? Because here's the deal. We got to enter his well, another song. Enter his gates with thanksgiving in our hearts. I will enter his courts with praise. I will say this is a day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice for he has made me glad. See, there are people here that are older than I am even. He's made us glad. We get to enter his courts. You and I get to walk through this world regardless of its troubles, regardless of its ups and downs, regardless of its, of its struggles, no matter what they might be, We get to enter with great joy and gladness and peace because he's the shepherd and we're the sheep. All we got to do is follow. I I will never forget. There are a few of you in this room who were sitting in in a missions house with me in Haiti. And if you look around, you're, you're shocked by the 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 poverty, the, the, the extent of the poverty. And Pastor Leslie is sitting there talking with us and, and he said, what do you notice? This is after about day three. What do you notice about the people of Haiti? What do you notice about the Christians in Haiti? And I don't remember who said it, but somebody in our group was there, joy. And he gets up and he starts dancing. That's right! Doesn't make any difference where we're living. Doesn't make any difference. Little kids, three years old, walking around with a, a, a Del Monte peaches can that had been empty for about three days. They took it out of the garbage and they were licking it to try and get anything that they could. That's the poverty that we were living in. If we threw out garbage, they went through it. It it was so bad they were eating kale chips that we threw away. That's poverty. So I'm sorry. It was supposed to be funny. That kind of poverty and yet the joy that they experienced in Christ was phenomenal. It was phenomenal. We should not be a sad people. You know that? We, people should just wonder, what is the matter with them? How come he's always smiling? We spend most of our, we spend most of our life, uh-huh. Uh-huh. how's it going, huh? All right. All right. I've got that joy, 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 joy down in my heart. Down, what, what, what are we going to do with that? I, I think we should keep it down there. <laughs> Tell your face for crying out loud. You got joy. Let your face know about it. Jesus has set us free. He's given us the ability to walk in life and hope and peace. And we get, we get bogged down. I get it. With life comes at us. Things are tough. But here, he says, enter his gates with thanksgiving in your heart. Enter his courts with praise. Give him, give him, give thanks to him and praise his name. I, I heard the story of a, of a doctor. He's a, he's a missions doctor. And he went into this community. And in this community, people would be born with perfect eyesight. And yet by the time they were young adults, their eyes would begin to deteriorate. And by the time they got into their, their late 40s, many, many of them would go blind. There was something in their environment that was causing a problem. And this doctor had been going back 
repeatedly to this, to this area, this missions area. And they discovered part of the problem and they discovered a, a cure, if you will, for it. And he said all the times that he would give people this medication, they would come in, this particular culture, they would come in and he would treat them and they would leave and they would realize that they did not have to go blind, that in fact this disease had been arrested because of the medication that he, he gave. And he said not one time, not one time, not once did anybody ever say thank you. And at first it really threw him off. They kept using a word, and I can't repeat the word. I don't know what it, how to say it. But this word that they, they continued to use meant, it didn't mean thank you, it meant we will tell of your name. We will tell of your name. You think, well, what's that got to do with anything? I'm not blind today because of Dr. John. I'm not blind today because they, they, they praise, they give him thanks, they, give, they, they spread his name. You know, folks, we've got that same opportunity. How come you're so joyful? Well, well, because I, I got a million dollars in the bank, because I won the lottery last night, right? Because I'm not in jail today. How's that? Because I didn't hit a deer on the way home. How about because of this joy, 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 joy down in my heart? How about because of the peace that I get to walk in every day? You go, you don't know my life. You don't know my struggles. I don't need to. Jesus does. Jesus does. And he'll give you, the Bible says that he will give us unspeakable joy. I know you've heard me talk about that. I know you've heard somebody holler that out every once in a while in church. But an unspeakable joy and peace that goes beyond human comprehension. Beyond our comprehension. How come you have peace? Well, it's not because of my circumstances. How come you can forgive? How can you forgive somebody who did that? How could you ever forgive them? Look at what they did to you. I can forgive them not because they said they're sorry, not because I see that they're wrong, not because, of, not because, not because, not, I can forgive them because Jesus Christ forgave me. He gave me this gift. And because he gave me this gift, you think about it, just, okay, if we did this in dollars and cents and I don't have it with me, but if I walked up to Karen and gave her a million dollars, I didn't carry it with me this morning. You'd take it? Okay, okay. But what if my daughter back here needed 20 bucks for coffee? Do you think you could spare 20 bucks out of that? You, you, sure? Yep. Okay. What if Lowell back here needed, uh, you know, you might not even understand this, but there was a time when people used to have to put quarters in a machine to make a phone call. And it's really the only analogy I have. <laughs> but let's just say Karen gave you 20 bucks for coffee. Do you think you could spare a quarter for Lowell to be able to call his wife? You, you think so? You think so? See, that's a picture of God dispensing his grace, and then we get to keep dispensing it. We get to keep dispensing it. We get to keep dispensing that grace to people around us. Because of something we did? Nope. nope. Because I deserved it? Because I'm really a good guy? Boy, everybody got in on that last one. <laughs> Nobody held back there. Thanks. Thanks. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and in, 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 enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name, for the Lord is good and his love endures forever. His faithfulness continues through all generations. In the beginning, he says, Shout for joy, all the earth. And in the end, he says, His faithfulness continues to all generations. So if it's all the earth and for all generations, who gets left out? The third row over here, the third row. You all can't do that. No, you're, he, there's an exception clause there in the third row. You, no! All generations, the whole earth, we're supposed to give him thanks. We're supposed to give him praise. No, well, we're going we're gonna to go on and do a Black Friday sale instead. 
because TVs make me happy. No, they don't. You can't watch half of it. I can't even watch the news anymore. It gives me depression. Look, folks, we have an opportunity. You have an opportunity. Throw the notes away. You have an opportunity this week. You have an opportunity every day. Reality. You don't even need to wait until Thanksgiving. You could start this afternoon having unspeakable joy, having a, a peace that surpasses all understanding. You can walk in that and say, you know what? I don't really, okay. So yesterday, you ever heard the expression, uh, you know, that's water under the bridge? You heard that expression? You know what that means, right? It's like there's been some junk over here, and here's the bridge. This is kind of like my life, and that junk has kind of gone by, and we're just going to let it go. Yesterday, I had the opportunity to dip down in the river and pull some more of that junk out. I happened to mention to somebody, hey, I've got to run up to Fargo. Really? you got to run up to Fargo? I need to ride up to Fargo. And I'm like, if I want to list all the dirty things you've said about me in the last 10 years, I'll pick you up in 20 minutes. Let's just go. You know what? Because that junk is not worth hanging on to. It is not worth hanging on to. I got, there's too much life to live. Why do we want to pollute ourselves again with that garbage? Let's forgive. Let's move on. You go, you don't know what they did. No, I don't. But I know what I did. I know what I did. I know the list. Hokie and I have compared lists. I've compared lists with a few of you guys. We did some junk. We did too much junk that I should ever be able to stand up here and tell you about Jesus. But you know what? God forgave me of that junk. And I get to be a dispenser of it. You get to be a dispenser. Peace, joy, love, hope, forgiveness. Because you're so good? No! Because Jesus is so good. I want to conclude with one more passage of scripture. Maybe I could use these notes again some other time because they didn't do me much good today. <laughs> it's just the way it is. Psalms 103. Psalms 103. It says, Praise the Lord, O my soul. David, David spoke to himself. See, our soul has to do with that inner man, that, that, that life that's inside of us. And when we, have, we look around and we see the junk in our life, our mind doesn't want to praise the Lord. And our body doesn't even want to praise the Lord. And so David was speaking to himself and he told his soul, I want you to praise the Lord. He spoke to himself. All of my inmost being, everything that's within me, praise his holy name. Praise the Lord, O my soul. Do not forget all of his benefits, who forgives all of your sins. How many? 17, 18, 70 times 7. All he forgives all of our sins. He heals all of your diseases. All of our diseases. He redeems your life from the pit. And he crowns you with love and compassion who satisfies your desires with good things so that your youth is renewed as the eagles. The Lord's works righteousness and justice for all those who are oppressed. God works at righteousness and justice for those who are oppressed. Do you know who he uses? His sheep, us. If we're willing He'll use us. He made known his ways to Moses and his deeds to the people of Israel. The Lord is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger, abounding in love. He will not always accuse, nor will he harbor his anger forever. He does not treat us as our sins deserve. Yikes! or repay us according to our iniquities. An iniquity, a sin is an outward thing, and iniquity is that desire that we have to sin. 
For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his love for those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far as he removed our transgressions or our sin from us. It's not because of what we've done. Alan, it's just because Jesus loves you. That's why. Not because of anything you've done. Johnny, it's just because Jesus loves you. I watched a movie this week. And it was a psychologist who was talking to a young man who had been beaten relentlessly as a kid. He was actually stabbed by his stepfather. They put cigarettes out on his arm. And at one point in the movie, the psychologist just walked up to him and he said, I want to tell you, he had all these pictures in this folder. And the guy said, have you looked at the folder? He said, I've seen them. And at one point he walks up to this young man and he just says, I just want you to know that it's not your fault. And the guy says, yeah, I know. He's like, no, I want you to know that it's not your fault. And the kid says, yeah, I, I know. I, 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 I know, I, I've, I've worked my way through it. And he said, I want you to know that it's not your fault. I know, I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. He said, I want you to know that it's not your fault. And this guy just breaks down. I want you to know that the junk that you did has been forgiven. It's been forgiven. It's not, it's not held against you. And you go, yeah, I know. And I would say again, it's not held against you. God forgives it all. All of it. All of it. If you have, if you have, think you have no reason to be thankful, I'm telling you, God forgives it all. All of it. All of it. That passage says, as far as the east is from the west, he has removed our... How far is the east from the west? It's like all the way, right? I mean, I don't even know how to describe that. How far is the east from... It's it's all the way, it's gone. That's how far he's removed. All we ought to do is turn our lives over to him, folks. We submit our lives to him. And we can walk in that. And we can walk in that. Amen? God, I just thank you for each person here. I don't believe that anybody's here by accident. I don't believe anybody's watching online by accident. I don't believe that I just popped in because. I believe that God has each one of us here for a specific purpose. Maybe it's so that we can receive this today. Maybe it's so that we can pass it on. Maybe it's so that we can choose to live this life and say, you know what, we're going to be joyful. We're going to be joyful. We're going we're gonna, to we're gonna just receive that peace that God has given us, the love, the hope. Jesus redeemed us, set us free from our past and who we are. So God, I pray that, that everybody here today would walk out and grab a hold of that truth. That they can, they can be grateful and thankful for what's been given to us in Christ. And we can be dispensers of that to the community around us. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. Have a great day. And I'll tell you what, hang on to Thanksgiving. Spend that time with each other being thankful and grateful for what God's done. Have a great day. Bless you.